face the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim. With me, of course, Sir Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And Dr. Squee. Dragon. And this week we're talking still about the Dominion War, the Siege of AR-558 and Covenant. Bill Murray. No, not Bill Murray. Bill Mummy. Bill Mummy, I'm going to say. Bill Murray's yeah. not. Yeah, Bill Murray. Cool, like, you wouldn't believe he was one of the Jemadar in this episode. That would be pretty cool. It was the sort of thing I could see Bill Murray doing. Yeah. And then he throws someone in the bin. Um, but anyway, if you know, you know. So, yes, we're talking about these two episodes this week. But before we do that, we have some Retrek news. Oh, one second. We have some exciting Retrek news. One second. I can't get the banner up. Come on. Um, Hams to us all when we get older. Retrek news. As we have alluded to before, we will be appearing at the Sci-Fi Weekend uh, doing a panel called When Trek Goes Wrong at the Movies for anyone who saw us last November, not last November, just gone the November before that. We did November, when 22. Trek, November 22, we did When Trek Goes Wrong, but this time we're talking about the movies. And as anyone who's seen the Star Trek movies knows, there was not as good a hit rate on the movies as there was for episodes, which is quite surprising, really. But well, of I, the... I... Uh, the way I see it, it's like there was always the rule with the original series movies. It was the odd ones were were always the better ones. Was was yes. The thing. Uh, the there's even some, ones some were good. The sorry, ones. even ones. Sorry, there were some good odd ones, but even <sighs> ones were usually considered the better. I think with Next Generation, it was two on two off for me. I know not everyone loves Generations. I really like. I think Nemesis stuff does get a bit crap with the uh, Christmas stuff, but. Apart from that, I quite enjoy it. But yeah, I think it's two on two off is is my theory of the Next Gen ones. Mm. Yeah, it was definitely um, Nemesis that ruined the odd, uh, even ones a good yeah. run. Nearly um, Tom Hardy nearly, nearly he genuinely said that he, he um, considered ending it all after that because he thought it was going to be his big break. It nearly it killed Tom Hardy. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't great, though. But uh, Apparently, it yeah. wasn't great. On set. Anyway, that's another story. Yeah. Um, so, yes, we are going to be talking about the movies and what went wrong with them. And we can exclusively reveal that for those of you attending the yep. Sci-Fi Weekend... This is a world exclusive. This is before it's been officially announced because they haven't told us we have to keep this secret. So, yep. for those of you who are attending the Sci-Fi Weekend, we will be in the spaceport, which is the second room, the slightly smaller room, but we're hoping to fill it, and that will be at 3 o'clock on the Saturday. Um, not 100% confirmed, but we think that following us will be Madam Misfit. So, Oh, double bill of entertainment. Yeah, Come yeah. for us, stay uh, for Madam uh, Misfit. I'm um, not... I'm not 100% promising, but I am going to be attempting to film our entire set at the Weekender from multiple angles and then edit it all together. So hopefully we will be releasing that as a special. Yeah, it'll be a 10-minute shot of, uh, of us <laughs> arriving on stage a la the first Star Trek film. Yeah. <laughs> 
So that's the news anyway. Plenty of time to um, get prepped for it. It's not till March, but we wanted to just put the word out. Um, just, of course. Oh, sorry, you finished with the uh, the announcement? No, go on if you have something to add. I was just going to show, uh, do a throw out to uh, Gary Graham, who also passed away uh, in the last couple of days. Um, so I wanted to handle this carefully because I've heard since some stories about maybe him not being great to females at cons which obviously we don't endorse but um for the work like sorry to sorry the person who did that work's gone not the person maybe you did other things but yeah yeah but, played, was, uh, like, the vulcan ambassador in enterprise as well as say uh, he was in alien nation nation yeah um and there's also rumors of another star trek film in development but you know what we're going to talk about them when we actually hear something i I, I think i've lost count now of how many uh, times there's been this star trek film in development yeah it would have to be a regular feature on the podcast if we did that every time when, when we've got something actually to talk about we'll talk about that but just to acknowledge, we have heard these reports, but we're, we're not dedicating a, a, any airtime to them, really, because we know nothing. Nobody Being knows directed by Steven Spielberg, I heard. Happen. Like, seeing as it's not going to happen, may as well make shit up. Might directed as well. Might as well. Uh, apparently, yeah. it, it's... Um, I mean, Ryan Gosling is Kirk. That's a, a bold choice. Like, can't wait and to And they've that. already uh, given it the Oscars. It's already won Best Picture. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. There you go. Michael um, Rogers, anyway, uh, got to be Janice Rand. Yeah, apparently Ryan Gosling's got the best actress, so not for this one. <laughs> yeah. So the, <clears throat> the siege of AR five five eight. Then, and we start with Rom, and of course, because it's season seven, we start with Vic Fontaine because Vic Fontaine is in every single episode. I actually don't mind him in this one. I thought this is a great one. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Ron, for some reason, is singing The Lady is a Scamp, which is really weird because I was watching it and I thought, I, yeah, but I thought, is that censorship? And they've said, you can't say Tramp, but then Vic but, does correct uh, him, so I'm like, oh, it's not that, it's just Ron. I think it's just uh, them using that, there's been a mismatch in Universal Translator, maybe. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was just a suggestion to Ron's character, like he wouldn't, he would remember it as scamp because he's so yeah. innocent. It's the way I thought. Maybe, yeah. And, yeah, there's a thing. Bashir comes in and says, oh, have you done me them recordings, Vic? Because I'm going to take them out to the front lines with me. Like, I, I, I think the in-universe reason is because they like to pretend that Vic's real and they treat him like a real person and everything. But surely you can just go computer give me a cd of vic fontaine singing this 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 and this and it'll do yeah. it for you. or even on the on the ship just go oh could you mock up like uh vic fontaine singing this song yeah yeah you think a, i think it's down to something star trek has regularly done and it's challenging uh how we look at life and what is life and what is sentience okay. because they've done it with data that we meant to treat this yeah movement. And they did it with Spock in the original series that we went to look at him from the human side. They did it with the Doctor in Voyager. And I think it's sort of that sort of thing that we're meant to... I think it's... Yeah, I think it's We're meant like, to view them that they're accepting him as being sentient, so they're yeah. treating him as sentient. So they've got to ask him to record yeah. the songs rather than just saying, I want the songs. 
I'll put out there that I think generally that's the point of Vic Fontaine. This morph, to, just just to me, and I don't want to say this always because like that was such a so eloquently put earlier. This smacks more to me of them having a dozen pads in front of them as opposed to having all the information. One, I think it's a paucity of imagination well, of like what technology can do. Yeah, it's it, like Spotify it, it, doesn't no, exist in it, it, yeah. it's it's quite, like it's quite it's quite scary. Like what we can do on this yeah. nowadays. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. For, like there was still a, like the iPad was sort of maybe just coming out with next. In fact, I think it wasn't even actually. That was after next, that, yeah. In next gen, so the thought of this, but we didn't realize that you'd get it all on one. <laughs> that yeah. you wouldn't yeah. need. You wouldn't need. That was to it. That, yeah, that, that was the crazy thing. Like. It's, they yeah, just think like, it's like oh, can they just everyone's handed in the report and they've handed in the whole iPad. Well, can't you just download it or, <laughs> yeah. or send it through the web? <laughs> and there also might be an implot reason, in all fairness, that they wanted to establish that they've got this recording of Vic Fontaine. They want to have a cutesy scene in the beginning. It tied in nicely. Yes, and game. it means later on when uh, Bashir plays it, it isn't just out of nowhere that it's been established. So, it's, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a little artistic license, a little positive imagination, and probably there is somewhere within that they want to make Vic a, a real character for us. Yeah. Which is something they explored a lot more once they got with Voyager and the Doctor. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Also, with this being season seven of DS9, it'd be season two of Voyager, so it would play into how the EMH has yeah. been developed in Voyager that is a real person. Oh, that would be the crossover we never saw. Actually, it's like Vic yeah. Fontaine and the Doctor hanging out. No, not the, not the crossover, but just that. No, I'm just saying like, that. There's comparative... Yeah, yeah, I, I, I heard it. Yeah. I'm just adding to that. I would love to have seen that just in one like uh, <clears throat> one wacky adventure world where they they kind of swap places somehow, maybe. Then we get to Cisco and he's looking at the casualty lists again. And I know that's kind of the point is you know the wars ongoing and we have these casualty lists, but we've had this scene and this is kind of how I feel about a lot of this episode is we we've done all this. Yeah. Um, apart from not getting injured, we we've pretty much done I, most of the elements of this. I think what this is doing in this episode though, is that it got, and we've seen it where he's got complacent of, of yeah. the casualty list to become routine. And by, yeah, the that's what this, going and by the end of this episode, it's actually bothered by the casualty list today. But I feel like we, like to, to Jim's point, we have it, seen that. Like it was a bit yeah. good in the but, um, Pale Moon, Moonlight, I believe. Yeah. Got, with him to yeah, but it didn't take him away. We still see... In the pale moonlight, he's still looking at numbers, and that's what he's doing here. It's just numbers. But by the end of the episode, he's actually seeing it as people again. Yeah. I mean, for me, I thought I thought one thing that this episode does do, it's like where Pale Moonlight, which I mentioned a second ago, uh, does uh, explore what is stuff like in wartime. Like, of course, this whole series does this, but it's like what, what it, you know, if it's met up with this challenge, will it rise to it or will it have to... Um, sort of let go of some of its morals, which like obviously in Pain Moonlight, Cisco does just on a very personal level. Whereas with this one, I think they ask that question and humanity passes in this instant. Like, you know, no, it does guys, well, no, no, well, let me, let me hear me out. And then you can give the count. My, my kind of take on this was when they're there in, um, 
in this kind of like a little enclosed space, the space where like loads of these people have been for, for years by this stage, they're still willing to go out and fight. Uh, like Cisco and his crew decide to stay and put their lives in danger when they could have easily left them there to, to face this, this bounty. I think there's so many points where like where, um, where Nog's being talked to by Quark saying it's like, look, Look, this is humanity. This is how pathetic. Look, you know, watch them crumble, and he stands up against that, and he decides to side with kind of the Federation. And so, I think to a large degree, it does. But Elliot, your counter? I was just said that I think this shows that they will sacrifice the morals in this episode because we see it with the Houdinis, and Ezri actually mm. says it. Oh yeah, that's a yeah. And, and, and this is and this is Cisco again. Pale moonlight. Yeah, I've got my morals. But what will I do to actually win? What am I willing to mm -hmm. sacrifice in my morals? And he's willing to sacrifice anything to win. I mean, with that, I feel like it is a it's certainly. <laughs> there's other episodes like we see we haven't talked about it yet, but with the ending to the episode where he um, mm -hmm. destroys the planet, where he sends down oh, biological weapons, yeah. like Cisco is a war criminal. Let's let's mm. be honest about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, and, I would say this is and this is a third example of him being a war criminal. I would say in this one, it is more morally questionable, though, as opposed to out and out morally wrong. Like you're using their weapons. You're putting them in a place where, look, if you don't kill them, they will kill you. Like, it, it, like I think there's more gray area to this one than yeah, those other but, two examples you cite out and out morally uh, yeah. ambiguously wrong but, and made that decision to for the but it's like Ezra says no she goes yesterday we were saying how yeah. horrendous these are as a weapon and today we're using them against them <laughs> yeah again I, I, I don't have so much problem with that when it's life or death like when no. they, they put you in that situation no but I, it I don't the them. point it, yeah I don't I don't disagree with you that the the wrong yeah. to do it but it's just the point that no they have said this is a a criminal weapon, it, it's morally wrong how it's been used, but as soon as they crack it, they're more than happy to use it themselves. Yeah, I, I, but but they're not, like, taking them and deploying them elsewhere. They, they're using it in the specific... Like, yeah, again, again, I'm not saying it's morally whiter than white. I just, for me, that doesn't take away from the fact that I feel like humanity does pass this one, whereas in other episodes of DS9, it doesn't. Just to my own uh, view. Mm, I've not thought of it in those terms, but um, yeah. I mean, that's um, the most so interesting thing this does, but yeah, I do feel other, quite a lot of it. It's like, I've seen this before, I've seen this before, yeah. Yeah, other elements that we've seen before. So Quark is on this mission, and we get a little bit of a revisit of Quark and Cisco talking about Federation morals and Ferengi morals. Mm. And we did that before in the Jem Hadar episode, and... That was a lot of years ago at this point, and I think in a way it's quite nice to revisit it and the the sort of prickly relationship between Quark and Cisco is fun, especially when Quark shines a light on Cisco's prejudices. But I don't feel like we do a huge amount with it in this episode, and it, again, it just feels yeah. like yeah, we've. I feel kind of like done one that. thing. I think what what is interesting to me, and like it, it, again, this is just a sense I got from it, but I felt like this time more than previously, when Quark, it's been played up for last traditionally when Quark has questioned something of humanity, whereas this is played quite seriously, and this one I feel like 
he's trying to convince Nog to convince himself. Like, I think he's changed so mm. much over the seven years of the show to become more open to humanity and realizing the kind of charms of humanity, if you will, that I think he wants Nog to believe it so he can believe it. I think he's convincing himself with, with what he's doing at the beginning. Later on, I think his concern for Nog is more than real. But I think that speech is almost a bit, the man protests too much, maybe. Maybe an element of that. I think mainly Quark. In, I think Quark can be pragmatic about it. I think he's like, I understand why the Federation are fighting this war and I hope they win, not just for reasons of profit, but for for various reasons. But also I think he wants him and Nog to be as far away from it as possible. But I think he's also got a point like, you can look at the Ferengi way of dealing with things. Yeah, because he says that we didn't negotiate a peace. We've negotiated a peace. It mm. we'd have come up with something that would have been agreeable to everyone if you'd left it to us. Yeah, but was that the, like against it? Like we, well, we've already found yeah, out. They, that, prob- they probably would actually. You probably. Have, I don't. They would, think they would have they sex, would. sacrificed planets for it. Possibly. I think they would have done that deal. Like that's well, that's the thing. Which yeah, we go back to the old one that year, like. Do the Ferengi get involved really early on before the war even starts and they negotiate trade routes without the Federation going in and taking over planets? Yeah, I mean, they could have done, but I still <laughs> think the Dominion would have wanted the Alpha yeah. Quadrant and they may have allowed yeah. Ferengi to... You, you think they would probably just stay delayed? To exist, but, and, it, you know, would they have just, allowed... Would they have allowed gold? Go on. I, I was going to say, when I think about it, it had probably prolonged it, not to it being a war. It probably, there wouldn't have been a war, but the Dominion had then set aside another way that they'd have taken over and it had been infiltration and uh, mm. stuff that had, that had placed uh, shapeshifters into Federation to uh, point the politics in different directions, yeah. etc. So they eventually would- the Dominion would have conquered the Alpha Quadrant but there wouldn't have been billions, if not trillions, of people killed in them doing yeah, it. Yeah, but but what I would also argue with that is like it's a bit like I mean we've compared uh, the Kardashians and maybe their leader to a certain president of the the United States who might be running again. Um, can't think who, but m- maybe this. I don't think he can either. If you listen to his uh, on stage, you don't know who he is. I, I think this would be the same sort of short sightedness that he would do. Of like, there's well like his dealings with Russia was very much get into bed with them and everything will be fine. Look where that's led us. I think that would be the same thing with Frank. Yeah. They jump into bed with them. They get totally outbrained and they get out uh, maneuvered. This... And before they knew it, they, their like little bit of silver that they've got will dry up very quickly. I think that's also, I'd say, cause like you look at the early episodes when they're dealing with the gamma quadrant mm. and a lot of it, the Dominion are just sort of overseers. They just let them get on with things as long as they don't stick out stage, alive. Yeah, that stage they were. But, um, yeah, I don't think the Ferengi negotiating on behalf of the Alpha Quadrant would have panned uh, no. out. I think Quark's somewhat naive there. Um, but he believes in the Great River. He does believe in the Great River. Um, <laughs> show up like, and this is the interesting point with their dynamic between him and Nog. Nog's a bit of a dickhead, which I kind of like. I like the extra texture of that because Nog is such a switched-on, clever, um, uh, emotionally intelligent person by this stage in his journey. But like, you know, Quark's clearly kind of 
very scared and and obviously Esri recognized that other people recognize it but mm-hmm. even wolves kind of kind to him like on the way into yeah. the bridge whereas like nox just such a dick to him it's like I've, i felt sorry for quite well i think this and... is uh, because it's two ferengis and i think he's trying to prove no i i'm i'm sure how good we can be and you're embarrassing yeah. me by you being how and i don't think it's I don't think Nog's been harsh to Quark here. Mm-hmm. Deliberately, I think it's that he's actually embarrassed by him because oh, yes. he yeah, wants yeah. to show. I think so. It's the same thing as any of us. I'm thinking I can be as good as the rest of. Oh, yeah. I can be as good as the Klingons and the Humans and the Vulcans in the Federation. That is embarrassing me. This isn't what I'm like, and yeah, I don't I want it... you to think it. And I think that's what is it, what it is. I think when you're that age, all you can see is how embarrassing your parents slash uncle in this case are. I think yeah, when you get exactly. a bit older and you get a bit more experience, you're like, yeah. no, they've got some valid points. Just because I don't agree with them doesn't mean the way to deal yeah. with it is like, you're just embarrassing me. Oh, God, get off the bloody bridge. It's like, it's maybe I've got what it is. One side. Maybe that's that's why I got. Five minutes. Yeah. I think yeah, it being nasty to, that he was doing it out of malice to Quark. I've got, yeah, I got that. It was all Nog was embarrassed by how he was. But it's like if it was war, for instance, with his parents, I think he would have pulled him to one side, take him off the bridge, had a conversation, came back, you know. But it's you've, also that got the way that, you've also got the way that Ferengi are to each other as well. That's things. true, but I think I think Nog's gone past that. That's the whole point. But it's like yeah. he hasn't gone past being a teenage boy, basically. I think Nog, here. Nog does regress a bit in this episode because we get the bit where he's talking, he's talking about the guy who's got the Ketracel white things around his neck. Um, and he says, oh, they're heroes. And it's almost like he's not learned his lesson from uh, the Valiant episode with Red yeah. Squad. Like, he's still a bit too suckered into the, the gung-ho thing, particularly with that guy who's basically Hudson from Aliens, who just like, you know, come on, man, yeah, game over. Well, I think there is a stark kind of, like, contrast between the guys who have been there for so long. Nog yeah. is a young ensign, he's naive he is kind of like seeing the glory wars to the yeah even though he's yeah. seen some of the war now he's still a bit impressionable and a bit naive about things and I, I think that plays very well in this episode to that so extent. my my big question of this episode is is this meant to be inside or outside a bit of both yeah isn't there caves to go into yeah, I thought it was Kane, but then there's it's bits Kane's where it's all rocky. It's kind yeah. of open. It, yeah. I think it's also. I think we also meant to. This isn't a planet; it's more a moon. Yeah, but we are definitively on but the sound It's a moon that is obviously the size of Earth because it has one one-to-one gravity. Yes, as most places in Star Trek do. You know who else has got a moon? Go on. Fox cousin. He doesn't like to mention it. He has got a moon, you're right. He doesn't like to mention it. I like the moment with Esri when she's talking about, like, this is my first time in battle, but it's not. You know, I've got got all these memories of being in battle, but it doesn't stop me being nervous because me, Esri, has (laughs) never been in battle. I thought that, that was a... They're sometimes it, a bit ham-fisted with how they try and, and it's shoot like on when she's, when and she's I like a, that. When she's selling, help, helping her build. And she's yeah. doing the engineering bit and she goes, and he goes, that's great, thank you. And she goes, I don't know if it was me, Jadzia, or so-and-so, or so-and-so, I don't know who yeah. did that. Because I'm not an engineer. I shouldn't exactly. know this. 
Yeah, I mean, which is, I mean, the only thing with that is like, there is a convenience sometimes to how much they remember from past lives and how much yeah. they or what the episode calls for. Because well, like, that's that, if like, I, lives, you could be an expert in everything, really. I think what we have here is what, is what they're allowing is Ezra to have all these memories and mm. to play on them, where Jadzia subdued all the men- memories because she'd been through the full drill training. Yeah, she talked about... That they didn't take there. over in the same way. No, but they okay, did take over like, what yeah. she did. But I feel like she had less kind of like, again, it's it's convenient, whatever's convenient to the episode, which is it a lot is. Of kind of TV of the time. Yeah. But I think, yeah, sometimes Dax would have, like, be able to access those skills. Other times she wouldn't be able to. And it's just, yeah. yeah. It is what it is. Yeah, um, but yeah, I thought this was one of the better usages of Ezra and I, uh, Ezra and I loved. Um, yeah, Bill Murray was just great. Like he, he was clearly the kind of setup of you know he's not going to be ending this episode very well. You know, you know yes. something's going to happen with him because <laughs> we've fallen in love with him. He's a great guy. He's just trying to get through this. He's not, you know, he's not phased by the war. He just wants to get like you know make sure he gets these engines working. And I love the back and forth with them. You know, talking about like uh, she goes, "Yep, we'll get it done." And she goes, "Like, yep, we've now got like an hour to to pull the rabbit out of the hat." It's just, it's really nice back and forth. They've got lovely chemistry, like in this episode. Pairing it up is, yeah. And um, I enjoy, uh, well, not in, enjoys the wrong word, but a <laughs> shout out to Aaron Eisenberg and his scream that he does when Nog gets oh, shot. Yes! Cause that is horrible. That it's it's yes. haunting, it's piercing, it's, yeah. It, yeah. It, it, and it follows like, Karen, though. Like, it follows that Frankie to make that noise when they're. Yeah. they're but it makes it serious. It makes it like, few, yeah. We've seen the same sort of scream a few times, like we saw it in Little Green Men where they stick the needle in Quark. Yeah. We've, we've seen this scream a few times. But it, it makes I you really it. feel it because it, it's yeah. really uncomfortable and you're like, whoa, it, that's actually hurt him. I think that's the way they do it is really, really good. And it's so brave. There's so many kind of like others, writers, directors, whatever, like whoever put that in who would have shied away from that gun is like, no, can you make it a little bit more serious? You know, cause it's serious. It, like, whereas they just went for it and it totally works. It just, that's how they express. Absolutely. Pain. Yeah. Flowers. That's okay. And then this all leads into the finale of the episode, which well, we do have the back and forth between Cisco and Quark, don't we? We where, do. Yeah. Where Quark's going, you wouldn't do this to Jake. True. This is, yeah. This is, this is my nephew. That you're sending out there, you wouldn't do this to Jake, and he goes, Jake isn't Starfleet. Yeah, and what I found interesting there as well is Cisco says, I do care about Nog, I care about all the soldiers under my command. So he's calling them soldiers, not officers now, yeah. you know, which is Ooh. another feeds into this idea that he's getting a bit more detached and not looking at the names. It's like he, he's thinking of his, his crew as soldiers yeah. now, which is. And it's just, dark. just all through this episode, though, it's just it's a more like serious quirk. It's just it, it's quirk mm. with the same values. But I don't think there's many other episodes where he plays it so straight up. Like everything, every opinion he gives is very serious as much the tone of the episode. Whereas like I think lesser writer director might have kind of like uh, put in a few jokes because it's still Quark and let's lighten the mood whereas I love the fact they play him just so straight in this episode yeah Quark ironically is the humanity in this episode yeah yeah these are the questions yeah so when we do get the battle then and and this is this is what I mean as well about we you know we've done all this before this is very similar to the episode Rocks and Shoals where 
the the vault uh, tells him we're going to attack here and you've got to slaughter them all basically it's not it's not one for one exactly the same but this they even do like the slow-mo and the sad music and it's meant to emphasize the the brutality of war and blah blah, blah. And it's like we've done that and we've done it better in another episode and uh, it just feels like a bit of a retread you know it there's nothing I want to say. Like, there's nothing. It's a it's a really I, yeah. strange episode. <laughs> I was about to say this is a really strange episode. It's a good episode, but it isn't one that you go back to like no. what you should do with this episode. It's this just should, there. It should, it should be a monumental episode. This because it's very different to what we, in a lot of ways, to what we have seen before. But. I think- it uses too many tropes that we've seen before. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the thing. It's it's a very enjoyable episode on a rewatch. There's so much to to recommend it, but it's not one you pick out like you say because it's just yeah. too similar to other things. Like you yeah, it's one of those that should be absolutely everything about it should scream at you. Yes, you have got to watch this. It's so dark. yeah, but it's just it's, we haven't done a Star Trek episode like this before, and then you watch it and. There's little bits, but a lot of you go, yeah, I've seen that in so Yeah, there's so. also that yeah, that's episode. So, so that's been done in that. And, and there's the, the episode is, where Jake's on the front lines in the Klingon yeah. war, and that one's better than this as well, yeah. you know. I'd, I'd even throw in that there's like this in, in a lot of parts of this, it's the best version of a lot of these scenes we've seen. But mm. it just suffers from the fact that it's already been done before. Even if it's yeah, there, I, if I don't think it, it, it doesn't the, feel as exciting. Yeah, it's I don't fun. think it is the best versions. I think I think all the elements have been done better elsewhere, with the exception okay. of seeing a character we know get wounded in the way that we do. I think that stands out. But I, I think, think what stands out on this, I think the challenge. I think, yeah. think Quark stands out as being the human element of the episode. Yeah, but again, but it does, that, without, without you, we, and, and what's really clever is that you don't alter his character for him to be the human element of the episode. No, but you, you remove the joke, which is really, as I say, I enjoyed that in this episode. I mean, they yeah. don't do that in the Gem Hadar episode, but I, I still think this side of Quark's better used in that episode. But anyway. Uh, and it has too many endings this episode as well, because it finishes a bit where you've got Cisco in profile talking to Worf, and Worf says it was a great victory, and Cisco says it cost enough. And you think it's going to fade out there, but it doesn't. We get another scene where the the new crew turns up, and uh, somebody says they're children, and Cisco says not for long. And you think, oh, it's going to fade out on that somber note. No, 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 because now we're back at the station. <laughs> And Cisco has a chat with Kira and says, ah, I, I need to remember the names. That's important. And then finally the episode finishes. I just, yeah. Do we it's, know how many, fine. how many how many were killed on the last battle report? Here's your trivia. One it's something like 17,000 or something. I was really upset with this. Because what? they had a perfect opportunity to put a great little egg. Uh, 1701? No, they were so <laughs> close to went one seven one seven thirty. Oh. <laughs> and I thought, and it's like, why didn't you do the Easter egg? You twenty nine so people had to go and die and ruin it. Yeah, yeah. Love I mean, it's it like, why didn't you do the Easter egg? <laughs> 
the next episode then, Covenant. Now, I am much more impressed with this one. I like this episode. I think it's an important... It's not as overtly Dominion War. Uh, there's very little Dominion War, in fact. But I don't think it there's is, Dominion War in this one. It, it is a pivotal but... episode for Guldacat, who is... Yeah the main antagonist of the whole uh, show. I, I so was off to give out apologies there. That's a Golden Cat-centric one. And Golden Cat's story has ended up entwined in a Dominion War story. Yeah. Can yeah, I also you can't separate them at this stage. I'll also throw out, this is uh, one of the pivotal episodes which turns, and I know we've seen another one with him with the uh, Pares, but... This is the turn for me from where he goes from space Hitler to space devil. Like previously he was just, you know, it, it really is his ascension to that higher. It's uh, definitely, level of, a, I mean, we'll, we'll dig into it. Under, under the devil, but you know what I mean? It's like, it, it's, yeah. it takes on a, yeah. uh, Hitler wasn't evil enough, so he's really pushed out. Yeah, Do there are know? new <laughs> elements <laughs> to the cat you know, in it, this He's working one. with the devil. Like, he's going to be the devil, but he's working with the devil. And we start, though, with our what seem to be weekly at the moment, Kira and Odo couple scenes. Ooh, and I think I... this is possibly the best yeah. one we've had. I would like to throw out that this is the first time, like this is one of the few times, I can't think of many others where um, usually when Odo talks about kind of like doing something a bit more um, humanoid, where he's mm. talking about like going to temple and stuff, usually if someone called him on like the fact that he was doing it or someone else said something, he goes like, oh, well, not that I care about that. It's one of the few times where he does talk about it. It's totally genuine. He doesn't shy away from it when others join the mm. conversation. He goes, well, that wouldn't solve the problem. And it's like, it's just so un but in a way that you might be I, in a relationship. I you don't think when you're in a relationship to a degree, you might talk in a different way because you're with someone and you're very happy. And just, it, it felt like that. And it was lovely. It's yeah, very I ironic. Really like we, it. I, it, it is very ironic, though, of order is this, where you have a god who's looking through yeah. religion that he should follow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is interesting. <laughs> Good point. I didn't think of that. Um, and then Kira gets visited via Vedic. Now, this is never, ever, ever a good thing when a person from Kira's past turns up. They never just yeah. stop round for a Hasperat. It's something bad is always no, going to happen. Always... Do you reckon that, uh, that, that, I mean, I reckon, like, just sort of, like, flashing forward a bit in the thing, but, like, I reckon cut has purposely gone around everyone who ever gave her religious services when she was oh, yeah. a kid and finally found one who was going to cave and, like, was going to, like... She probably done yeah. a bit of homework to ones which are questioning their faith or have ever expressed any doubt and, and found the perfect one just to fuck Definitely. That's just yeah, made me think, actually, because, again, so much of this episode is centred around Ducat trying to impress Kira. Again. Now... Let's let's walk it back. Now I'm I'm not condoning this kind of thing, but do we think if Kira had have just shagged a cat back in season one, it might have saved a lot of lives? <laughs> because that the, does the, the, aside the, from the, aside actually, from genocide and you know megalomania. He seems to want to go to bed with Kira more than he wants anything else. He is really 
it, it, you were reframing a very old uh, intellectual question of like, would you kill baby Hitler? Would you shag Hitler to stop him doing all that? Pretty much, that's Kira probably had that power. Is what I'm saying. Debate. Yeah. Well. yeah, yeah, She could have probably solved a lot of things if she just put out. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, she yeah. might have been. I, I mean, any more really ambiguous problems with this? Yeah, there's, there's probably a lot of further moral, she... moral problems oh. with it, but I know what. When you, what when you she... actually look at what the cat has done over six, seven seasons, trying to impress Kira, and the lens he's gone to, and we like he's subverted fucking Bajoran religion here, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and got in bed with their devils. Because he still wants to shag her. And that's it. It's not just about that, but it always comes back to that at some point. It's this, we've talked about, it's this need that he's got. And and he articulates it in this episode because he says, you know, if I could have won you over to the Power Rave cult, then that would show everybody that it's the right thing. It's, she's this, one thing that he's never been able to overcome, he's never been able to get her to forgive him or get inside her affections or to best her in any way, and it just drives him absolutely <laughs> crazy, you know? you know. You know what? I'll throw it out there. Like, I, I, I know I'm obsessed and everything, but there was a, um, a Pendulette's talked a bit about him working as a celebrity apprentice over in America with Donald Trump, and he did the champion of champions or whatever they call it um as well so he did two two tours of duty as he says and he's talking to don jr and he asked him about like uh there's some sort of comment about um don jr goes oh yeah yeah um like i think my dad kind of quite likes the fact that you're one of the few people who kind of like just just doesn't doesn't get bothered by kind of how weird and eccentric he is and he goes like oh well doesn't he have any friends like no not really like he doesn't have any friends he goes like he was talking about the fact that do you know what? Maybe we could have stopped all of this by just taking Trump for a beer when he was at like a, a, a college yeah. or something. You know, yeah. it feels like the same sort of thing. It's like <coughs> maybe if he just got laid, he would have just relaxed a bit more. Well, he's yeah, not the problem with that, has he? Because I mean, I'm going to say, I think say actually, yeah, that's the problem. That's the problem. <laughs> if if Kira Trump had done is... that, he wouldn't want it anymore. That yeah, is, that's, that's probably it. It may well yeah. have been someone else. I mean, can you imagine if Decat met Roe? I think he'd he'd have a thing for Ensign Rowe as well, wouldn't he? Yeah, but the second that they actually put out, like, it doesn't matter to him anymore. That's yeah. it, you're right. He's won then, and he's moved so on. Kira oh, should not feel guilty. No, there's a chance that he wouldn't have done some of the things that he has done. Possibly. Now, she gets beamed to Empok Noor, so presumably they've got the special transporters from well, Into Darkness. Don't... Well, he's... no, he's got the uh, Dominion uh, transporters. I know. And also, we know it's Empok Noor because it's on an angle. Like, that's how you tell. Yes, that's yeah. how we know it's Empok Noor. And effectively, this is a bottle episode, but it doesn't feel like one because we're on Empok Noor. But we're using 100% standing sets. Set, yeah. set. To be fair, we do have quite a big guest cast in this episode, so it's not thing- a total cost-cutting thing. But The only thing that slightly ruins it for me when they go to Empok Noor, Empok Noor, they do sort of like address this a bit later in the episode and they get a bit of lighting. But the thing I love about, like, I love seeing the ship slightly different, like when it's on the Enterprise mm. or the uh, Yamato, Yamato. 
uh, it's lovely to see the ship slightly different where it's like the dark lighting makes it feel like it's somewhere else. It like kind of yeah. ruins that effect for me a little bit. But later on, you do get a bit of lighting and you get to see some of the areas which are familiar. I want to see a familiar area looking different. That's what gives me the well, thrill the, of the episode. Well, you do the you, see, you see the familiar DS9 at an angle. And that's yeah, I mean, when they're on the different. set, I mean. On, <laughs> and Ducat does go to the lengths of using the... Bajoran temple from the promenade as the parade temple even though they totally control that station so they could make ops the parade temple they could make quarks the parade yeah. temple they could make the whole promenade the, like no that's where they've got their Bajoran one that's uh, where we're putting this I one think that's, I think that's now, what, on the uh, now, like, uh, on the profits I think they're doing that on purpose as they possibly like, so ah. yeah it is actually maybe slightly strange because was Empop not used in the same way as DS9? Because it's like three light years away, so it's somewhere else, so it possibly don't wasn't know if it was, So yeah, why has it even got a Bajoran temple? No, well, maybe it's the same it location. It's three light years away. He's built it there. No, no, I mean, right. they, they built it in the same place. To, to yeah. yeah, he's used the, the same maybe. Maybe it's bit of the station. Anyway, uh, we're jumping ahead a little bit, so I want to talk about how the, the opening teaser ends. And Kira gets to Empoknor and they say, ah, the master has been expecting you. And Guldercat appears and Kira goes, Ducat! And it cuts to credits. How many ends of the teaser or end of an episode or end of an act have we had in Deep Space Nine with someone saying, Ducat? Because <laughs> I think it's a few. There's probably going to be a mashup on the on YouTube somewhere. Yeah, I don't expect yeah. an answer to that. But yeah, if anyone wants to make a supercut and put it together, because it seems to happen a lot. Um, no, uh, it, it, it is actually a really good way to do a teaser, though. Into it episode. is, yeah. It's like, you're wow. You're waiting for the master. And it's like, what the? Why are all these Bajorans there calling him the master? Yeah, and by this point in the series, Ducat, is that great a character? He's always been a great character, but at this point, because every time we've seen him, he's done <laughs> something even more nefarious and evil. Yeah, you just know you're in for a good episode now. The cat's in well, it, and we, like we get Swiss, him in straight it's like away. He said he's moved on up. It was just space hitler before. He's now working on being space devil. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I'd also throw up. This is kind of like uh, as with. Star Trek just all the time and Deep Space Nine is great. This there's so many parallels to real life. And obviously we could talk about the religion of it all, but there are so many kind of like this is exactly what happened with the cults in America in the 70s and 60s. And you know, yeah, them have they're taking the tablets in the end and and a lot of the kind of people who are controlling the cults. I'm sorry, spoilers for the end of the episode, but not taking the tablet at the end. Just of this course. whole episode is really on the money. I think in a way which probably hits even more in America because yeah, there's people who yeah, Jonestown and and such like yeah. yeah, and something that's quietly quite a a brave thing to do with an episode of TV is we get a very very long dialogue scene between Kira and Ducat once we come back from credits. It, it doesn't stand out as much in the modern TV landscape because we do get things like this with prestige dramas. But for an episode of like syndicated TV in what is ostensibly an action-adventure show, this is a very, very long conversation. 
What's this? Facebook user says the captions are making Ducat into gold cat. Oh, can I, I can't try it? Can I try saying yeah. gold cat? Does that gold make it Ducat? <laughs> if gold cat makes it Ducat, we will say gold cat. That reminds gold me cat. of in um, Transformers, the return of Optimus Prime, where for no apparent reason other than to sell more toys, um, Optimus Prime's talking to Bumblebee, and Bumblebee goes, I don't just feel like plain old Bumblebee anymore. I feel like a gold bug. And he's like, from now on, that's who you'll be, gold bug. So maybe Ducat. Um, no, go cat stays, go cat. Well, right, well, we'll just, cat. We just, just gold call him gold cat. cat from now on. What about if we say go cat? We just invented a whole cat. new game now. <laughs> Anyone who's listening on audio, uh, feel free to hit your skip forward 30 seconds. Do cut. Do until cut. we actually do get cut. back do on cut. track. Do cut. Goal. We get cat. on any of them. Goal. Do. Like. Cat. Like, Goal cut. I, I have made a covenant with the power race. From now on, that's who you'll be. Gold cat. <laughs> it makes no sense, but it makes as like much sense as the Optimus Prime thing did. If you do it like a twirl, like a, um, a, which was the hero did a twirl to change? Like, is it Superman or am I thinking? Uh, Wonder Woman did Wonder a twirl. Woman. Wonder Woman. He does a Wonder Woman type twirl. And when he stops, he's like, like as Gold Cop, but with a gold cat like costume on him. It'd be great. Yeah. Tonight, Matthew, I'm going to be Gold Cat. And he comes out. Da, da, da. Like the Power Raves were actually a, a race of cats that secretly controlled Bajor before <laughs> the Prophets. Uh, anyway. is a gold cat. How did that come out? Came out as the cat, the cat, the cat, the cat. <laughs> um, so, during this big, long kind of monologue that he, he gives, he you get this thing where, and he's always done this, where he's trying to justify all of his actions, like, okay, I've started worshipping the power race, but they aren't actually evil, right? Let's get that sorted out. So what happened was the prophets wanted to be non-interventionists, the power race wanted to help the Bajoran people, and then they got chucked out for it. So actually, my guys are the good guys. But it's like, Descartes, we know that your eyes turn red when you worship the power raves and blue <laughs> when you worship the pro. We know that that's not good. I mean, look, um, this is where, where Star Trek borrows from Star Wars, Star Wars borrows from some Star Trek. Yeah. We learn from the lightsabers, this is this is the way. And then he starts, like, taking it even further. Like He's like, well, I didn't mean to kill Judzia. You know, she was just there. I had to do it. It was yeah. more important that we got rid of the the prophets out of the wormhole. Oh, and by the way, the prophets caused the occupation of Bajor, not me and not the Cardassians and not the Pirates. <laughs> uh, so it's actually all the prophets' fault. And weirdly, that's what kind of tips Kira over the edge, him having to go at the prophets. Like, she's kind of put up with all his rubbish that he's talking up until this point, where it's like, oh, don't have a go at the prophets. And it, it does, it, it really weirdly speaks to fake news these days like you know there's mm. there's always an excuse why everything is justified it's really weak yeah. source, really shitty arguments and yeah. all the way they believe him because just well, yeah it, it's, it's it's all over uh it's been on news this week and it because the tories have decided that the bbc is biased the bbc yeah. is biased but it's actually biased towards the tories but they're trying to say that it's not by biased enough 
because of stuff. Yeah. And, the, and the, yeah. like the argument for their evidence is some people perceive it. Mm. Yeah, but what's the evidence? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, it's and, like when you get these and, news and these stories and now. Tory MPs have been on TV this week going, yeah, people perceive something, that's evidence. No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like you get these news stories now saying, oh, this film's been universally panned and detested, and it's because one guy on Twitter said, oh, I don't like that, so it's got women in it. And, you know, it's just, that is not news. What somebody says on Twitter is not news, unless it's Donald Trump, usually, where he doesn't say anything on there anymore, but not the point. So, <clears throat> so yeah, the proof social. The prophets caused the occupation. And then he talks about, well, we're going to have a new order. And Kira's like, yeah, I bet you're going to be the leader of this new order, aren't you? I bet that's what the, pro- the Paris have said. Funny and, you should say that. <laughs> well, all throughout this episode, you do have to wonder, like, how much of this is... First of all, are the parades speaking to like, the cat? We well, we don't like, see that happen. No, but and we then, have seen the parades were in control of him when he took. We he have seen that. So well, we but, know the parades have been in control of him. They have are been. They, are they still in control? Exactly. Sort of they do. So, like, are they telling him things? And are they telling him the things he tells other people that they're telling him? These are all the. the is he interpreting it in his own way. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Later on, we know that they do take him over. Like we do see them take him over. Visually, but yeah, I think this is. I think this is what Kira says at the end. I think this is him deciding that whatever he's doing is justified because they've told him. Like, even though they haven't, I think it's kind of a self fulfilling prophecy because he well, then we, becomes so evil. The Paris use him later on. Yeah, but the but the thing is, we don't know they haven't. That that's the thing. So we no, but yeah, we know the Paris exist, and we know Decat has had a connection to them so they and i like that the episode leaves it ambiguous like they could actually be sending him visions and giving him information but it could be that they're saying right we want you to do this and the cat goes ah they've told me they want me to do that and he's like, did they really say that well, I think um, almost almost how corrupt he's willing to be even in the face of like uh believing in them and then doing all this yeah. shit, going, going against stuff. I think it's almost like, oh, excellent, you've started disobeying us now, you've proven, you've completed yeah, your maybe. journey to the dark side, kind of like, that's how it feels. Even if they are saying stuff to him, he's wildly um, twisting it for his own ends. I think yeah. that kind of works to yeah. their to their. I think end. so, yeah. And this is where we find out that you have to get permission from him to have babies. Well, you have to get permission from him to have sex. Never mind, have babies. And presumably you're only allowed to have sex if you want to have babies. And if um, he's only had sex with your missus so he can justify it. Well, quite possibly. Um, and we we do see these bits where like he's there leading them in prayer and everything. And when Kira tries to shoot him, they all like form this protective wall around him. So yeah. whatever They form a gold cat shield. Yeah, gold cat shield indeed. Yeah. Uh, so whatever thrall he's got over them, it is working. These people at this point in the episode are completely oh, devoted yeah. to him or they're devoted to the power raves and by extension him. Yeah, the like we get the Vedic, don't we, early on says that no, he didn't uh, turn because of 
Descartes. He mm. turned straight after the occupation and Yeah. So th- this cult has been going on. It isn't just their uh, gold cats sort of cult. No, it's he's not actually, his cult. He's actually inserted himself into it. No, there was a silver cat leading them before, and that, of course, took over when he joined. That's it, and obviously the samurai pizza cats are yeah, out there. Like you could just see it, can't you? When Kira did try to shoot him, all he'd have had to do is gold cat protect. <laughs> yeah, his gold shield would have gone up. And of course, a gold cat has nine. A gold cat his cartoons. A gold cat has nine lives, so it's not like she could have taken him out at this point. Silver cats are the back doing this. It's like, yeah, you helped. You helped, Silver Cat. Sure, you did. And this is where the baby's born, then. Yeah. And it's half Cardassian. Now. This is quick thinking. I wonder if he'd considered this and had it up his sleeve ready well, just in case. Well, he must have done because he's given permission for them to have sex because he's been shagging her. Yeah. Because he's used the cult leader thing and gone, oh, I've got to make sure that you're okay before he has you. Yeah, but no, it was a moment of weakness for him. Yeah, well, no, I mean, that's I... his excuse, Lee. That when was they were excuse... praying together. That was his excuse later, after maybe. he got her pregnant. May, may, but, may I throw in this? My, my but I'm saying, I'm saying his excuse at the time will have been, I've got to, ta- I've got to make sure that you're okay for your husband. Yeah, that's probably what he'll have told yeah. her, yeah. I, I can even throw it in. I think, yeah, maybe that was an excuse to have sex, but I think also yeah. it's kind of like, I don't think he was, like, you could see in his eyes that he wasn't, thinking that this baby was going to be born with Kardashian Ridge. No. I think it might have been also, it's like, he had sex with her and she was like, torments, I haven't even had sex with my husband. Oh, well, I give you permission to have sex with your husband. Oh, like, yeah, maybe I think that's what her. it is. Yeah. That's how I um, it. But yeah, it's it's very like, open to interpretation, that bit. Don't worry, I don't want your husband doing anything that I wouldn't do myself, so... Let's... Yeah, it sort of reminded me a bit of, uh, as well, of um, Blackout, Blackout in the Second, just because it's like the bit where he goes, like, he's looking at her going, what the fuck are the babies fucking my bridges? Fucking, mm. I'm going to justify this. Great Boo was visiting, so Great yeah. Boo's up. Like, that. it felt a little bit oh, like that. He was, yeah. he, was, he was making up as he goes along, but he was like... If it oh is, thinking on his feet, it's done really well. Like the, the way his face is, goes from, from motherfucker, I'm going to kill you, to like, yeah. oh my God, who's I, I think have changed it in the womb. I think he'll be prepared for this, just in case. I think he, he might have had reaction. Because we're, just... we're talking, like, let's be honest, the cat is obviously a very intelligent bloke because of how he's been able to rise through the Kardashian ranks and all these other things. Oh, yeah, he's not daft. He's a schemer. He will not have missed... Look, I shagged her at so-so time. There is a chance I am going mm-hmm. to be prepared for this. May I throw out, though? Just I think that's how it's written originally. I think, though, because of his... Uh, Mark Al- Almeida's reaction in this scene, like, he looks... He does look like, oh, fuck. And then he looks like, oh, like he's, he, he looks yeah. as if his makeup is going on. I think my justification for it is uh, because maybe, of those making choices is that more that, so my justification is that I think he's chosen to, like, because he's so wrapped up in um, and convinced himself all this religion is real and they're speaking to him whether they are or not. 
I think he's got so wrapped up in that his usual logical mind that you're talking about. I think he's kind of like he's he's mm. missed. He has missed. I was off to give another reason why he might have uh, yeah. messed up here and not actually planned in the same way. Because Bajor and pregnancies are only six months, so he might have miscalculated. Ah, good ah, point. And we don't yeah. know what Kardashians are. They're probably two years. Yeah. Exactly. Now, <laughs> like I mean, there would never be, like, you know, him saying the power rates have transformed it in the womb in order to, to show, blah, blah, blah. To blah, show blah. the um, uh, joining of Kardashian and Bajor. I, I mean, there's the absolutely... No, and you know, no similarity here to the Virgin Mary saying, "Oh well, God did it," and the husband Joseph going, "Of course, he did." You know, uh, well I, done. I, I, and I love the fact <laughs> that um, Kira's kind of going, "Look, if I just behave and ask some questions, which straight away, if she's if, if this medic has known her since she was a, a yeah, child, exactly. Kira's not way. letting go of this. Yeah. Like, but I like the way she suddenly pops and like suddenly kind of like uh, just like oh." You're not going to do uh, uh, when the babies were little, uh, little spoon. No, 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 put a little ridge on there. You know, what if I started Did some <laughs> did some prayers with him? Did you? Did your wife do any prayers with him? You know, Gulder Cat is. He's he is that fella off um, abducted in plain sight. That's what he's doing with this. This. <laughs> Can, can I just quickly, just because we always want to kind of encourage the next generation to watch uh, Star Trek. Of hi, course. my son Henry says, hi, I'm guessing that's Jodie. Is it her son Henry? I guess, uh, uh, yeah. I think so. Unless and these hi, Jodie. Hi, hi, Jody. Uh, hi, Henry. Henry, uh, you get, will get on really it. enjoy Star Trek. You can watch, how old is he? Seven or eight? So, yeah, you well, can watch enough. Star Trek at that I'm age. I'm in the original series at the very least. I was watching it then, so yeah. Go put Star Trek on for him. Anyway, start with Prodigy. Get Netflix on. Start with Prodigy. Yeah. There you go. Um, and good so, to be yes. Hi, Georgina. Hi, Georgina. Oh, Georgina's here. With a koala bear, nearly eight. There we go. Prodigy, Netflix. Get on it. Um, right. So the hen, um, Ducat sort of throws her out of an airlock because at first he's like, Oh, I was very weak. Yeah. You're not going to tell anyone, are you? Well, I might have to tell him. Right. In you go. In you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. So, I, I was weak. It's not the airlock. Thing. It's not just in you go, it's in you go and out the other side. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that, that's her done. I did like this in the airlock, that she didn't just shoot out in a wash of air. Yes. That is, that is really not what happens. The air just vanishes. It wouldn't shoot you out in a rush of air. Yeah, that's something that a lot of sci-fi does. That is totally false. And it well is, done, Star yeah. Trek again for following science fact and not science fiction. And well, also like not having the budget to shoot someone out into the air. No, right, that was more realistic. What happened? Oh, yeah, it was. It, what Ellie was saying there. It does sound like a T-shirt you'd have in the future. I like it in the airlock. Worn by lads. <laughs> now, once he's done that, then Kira does get to her in time, and this it this kind of messes it up. And to me, this leads into perhaps 
the most pivotal scene in the episode because Ducat, on his own, goes and prays to the Power Raids. So he's not being performative here. No one's watching him. This is for no one's benefit. Yeah. But he privately prays to the Power Raids. So he does actually believe in them, and he is actually of the cult of the Pirates. And he do, whether they are directly telling him things or not, or whether he's twisting it for I his own he, means, I which he almost certainly is, uh, he does believe. for his own needs, but he's, yeah. he's, he's a believer. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know, they, they have possessed him. And we've seen that. Yeah. We have seen that. But we don't know if he was earlier on before that that scene. We don't know if earlier on when he was going, oh yeah, I use them for my own ends. But I believe now we don't know if that was bullshit, or if he's still planning to use them for his own ends. But this shows he definitely believes. And he's no genuinely praying. Oh, everything, and everything will be for his own ends. Yeah, but I, if, I, he I, has to, if he has to pray and worship the power race as gods and believe in them as gods. Because it will make him the rule of the Alpha Quadrant. You bet your bottom dollar yeah. that he's going to pray and, and worship. Well, that's and, the difference. That's the difference He genuinely asked them for help in this as well. So he's yeah. like, they're going to find out. They're going to turn up. Face. Final front. Don't know why we got a snippet of our intro there, but we did. I think I, I gesticulated too hard and pressed the button. <laughs> um, so, yeah. He's asking for help to fix it. He doesn't, he knows that if this comes out, he's going to have to kill them all, definitely. But he genuinely wants an, an intervention from the gods to stop that happening. So, in his untwisted way, he kind of does care about these people. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's, it's a, um, a, I mean, a lot of politicians, they kind of use religion to their own heads. They claim to believe, and I think they, in their heads, do believe this stuff. And many people on the religious side, not just in politics, but it's like, I think that speaks, this speaks to that. It's like, he genuinely believes that whatever he does in the name of the gods, even if it's going directly against them, is mm-hmm. okay, because he's doing it and he believes in them, so that's all right. Whereas I think the Parais look at that as other people who use religion do and go, ah, yeah, brilliant. We've got like, great. We can use that totally to our own ends. He thinks yeah. he's playing us, but we're playing it. And, and just in his head, I think he's so deluded. He thinks, well, if I'm doing something for me and I'm with the, with the Pares, and then this is for the Pares. It doesn't matter. And that's always been me or Cap's not. problem. He thought he could do this he to does. the Dominion. That didn't work out too well. And now he thinks he can do it to literal devils. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Um, might not work out, Decat. But anyway, with a few more episodes, before we find out. Um, and then, yeah, so he turns back up. I've had a vision, lads. Guess what <laughs> yeah. we've got to do? I've got these tablets for you. We're going to go to a rave. <laughs> and Mad for it. This is interesting, though, <clears throat> because when he's talking to Kira and saying we're all going to die, including me, she says, I believe you. So at this point, she actually believes he's that fanatical that he's willing to die. Yeah. And for Kira to believe that of him, it shows how far gone and how convincing he is that of all the people in the world, Kira has fallen for it, which is a big, a big, big thing for Decat's acting, really. 
And then, of course, Kira gets out, dives on him, and he loses his safe tablet, which is where we find out this has all gone wrong. Because I mean, he's looking around on the it goes floor. Like, it goes, right, I'm going to take the tablet out. Yeah, because the guy's there. Here you go. You take this yeah. one. He could have so done and it. Yeah, like, he, oh, sorry, I he just, just got Right, everyone. One, two, three. And, yeah, I suppose it's how fast does it kill you? Because if it doesn't do it instantly, they might be like, he's not eating it, the bugger. But if it kills them like that... Oh, the beam thing. He could just I think by the time they've eaten it, they've probably not got a lot of choice. Yeah, you see, this is the thing. Not long enough sleeves on your par rave cult robes. You need a nice long sleeve so he could have palmed it, like you say. I, I also think there's a wonderful thing that it's like, I, I love these uh, fast-acting drugs, which will very conveniently just give you enough time to deliver one pithy line before you die if you're of a central course. character. Great. Yeah. And perhaps... A fault in this episode is they turn on him very, very quickly. Like, I can buy the dad of the... Well, not the dad of the kid. I think um, it's because they're all going to take the tablet and they're all willing to die. But then as soon as he loses his tablet, he's not willing to take just any. Mm, true. I, I just that, think that's the majority go, turn the? pretty quickly. Um, I mean, it needs to be for expediency in the episode and everything. I'd maybe like to have seen a bit more. I think for me, I think it's kind of a thing of like they had all these doubts, which they're suppressing, like no matter how much their logical mm. mind is telling them when they've got out and out proof. Like, I think it can turn south. Like, yeah. quick. I could actually imagine just like it's like, oh, for fuck's sake, what the fuck have we been doing? You know, it's not that tablet doing all the work. It's every doubt they've had before that that's doing the work. And this just breaks the dam. It's like the straw that breaks the camel's back. Yeah. And I like that he just gets really petulant at this point. He's like, right, well, if you're not going to kill yourselves, you're never going to know the love of the Pares. Now I'm off. And he just bends yeah. away and yeah. that's it. It's stamps his foot and off he goes. Um, yeah, uh, but the Vedic still takes the tablet, and that's the the tragedy of it. Is like you said earlier on, he didn't get on board this for Dakar. He was on board the the Parade train long before, and I imagine quite a few of them still will be. Like you know, they'll say, "Well, clearly he he." I think they'll all be on the Parade train still, but they'll just judge him as a false prophet. Exactly. And do you reckon when, spoilers for the, the finale, do you reckon when they find out that he became the emissary of the Pares, do you reckon a few of them were going around going, yeah, I was, I was there on the ground floor. I, when he were on Empac Noor back in his early days, I, I worked. Me there. and him. Me, me and him, we were there. We the were the OG original, Woodstock. yeah, the uh, original uh, uh, Covenant. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> I... And it finishes with Kira saying the cat believes, so he's more dangerous than ever, which kind of goes back to that episode where Cisco was like, from now on, it's just him and me. And I, I love that we're, and we're it's building... Like, it's like Kira says that if his plan had come through and she'd seen all that, because he said that he'd, re- he'd sent a message to them to come collect her, which, yeah. which gives... Uh, Three light years away, I don't think it takes a long time if you want at maximum warp. Shouldn't do, no. When you're rescuing somebody, but... 
we all know that warp speeds and distances are subjective in Star Trek mm. and always have been. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's... But she says, like, if she hadn't intervened here and stayed in a, stayed where she was, if she hadn't got out, one of the effects of the tablets was reduced them all to dust. That's She'd it. She'd also assume he was dead. Yeah, she exactly. now knows that he's still alive. Can I also throw out there's one other bit which uh, it's at the beginning and the end of the episode. At the beginning, like she goes, he goes, You've changed your hair. Oh, you pierced your ear. And he, he tears off the earring at the end. Anyone else thinking that was a clip on? I, th- I think he's such a bullshit artist. He was just, Oh, you reckon he didn't even bother piercing his ear? I don't think yeah. he bothered piercing his ear. I think it was a clip on. I think he went down Claire's thing. accessories and <laughs> got a could, could I get a power of earring? Oh, I'm, I'm gonna watch some future them. episodes and I'm gonna look if there's no hole in his ear. I know my theory is proven. Yeah, I I think you might be right. Yeah, I he's think got you like might be right. it rubs off his par red oh, tattoo. Like, uh, no, later on when he takes off the tie as well, and it just don't clip. To be fair, <laughs> I think in later episodes he may get his ears pierced properly. Mm, good point. Yeah, but oh uh, um, yeah, we'll so get... he can cover up the lies from earlier. I know. We will. We will get to that. Yeah, it's that's the point. The next time you see him. You won't be able to tell anyway because he'll have had major plastic surgery, plastic surgery by oh, then. And the clip-on is actually attached to the false ear. That's that's it. He, he's faking it all along. That's Blank. what I'm saying. So what I love about this idea that this finishes with Kira um, saying how dangerous he is, we are setting up this thing where so many of the main characters have got their personal vendetta against a cat. We've got Worf because he killed Jadzia. We've got Cisco. We've got Kira. And I remember at the time reading interviews with the actors saying, like, they all argued over who got to kill him in the last episode. <laughs> um, so, and I think the Now Visitor has a very fair claim to that because it yeah, is her that she... he tormented the most yeah. over the yeah, years. I but... think she had a fairer claim than anybody. Yeah, but no, I think it's a really good. It doesn't work good... that way, but we will get to we will reveal we will. that in a couple of months, two maybe three months. We will reveal. We will indeed. Who does get to take out the cat? Of gold, cat, oh, gold cat, gold cat. Gold yeah, remember cats. the rebranding. Gold cat never dies. Uh, yeah, um, only after he's lost nine lives. What we don't yeah. see is when he beams up back aboard his ship, like when he. When he land, like you know, he comes out of the transporter. He is in his gold cat outfit, <laughs> whiskers yeah. and all. They and were not have the last of this tale. And he looks like Panther Man from Buck Rogers. <laughs> um, except they brought a guy in, didn't they? They brought in Tiger Man, and he was more gold. Anyway, I mean, it, it, I, I just love the fact that he lands. He's in his gold outfit. He's just panning up a good. He's going, ah, they whisked me back aboard here. They will hear more yeah, of this yeah, tale yeah. and like um, <laughs> kitten. I don't know. I've run out of puns. I don't. Know. That transporter <laughs> got me out in the nick of time. There you go. There you go. Gold <laughs> cats. Anyway, yeah, the perfect. And it's just goes gold cat. 
and credits as he's like he's got his clothes we out may need gold cat t-shirts that that could be all our merch ends up being about gold cat somehow yeah. but anyway but it's good um, we've been doing this dark for a while now so next week we're going to be back with it's only a paper moon which i think is the episode that makes the siege of ar558 yeah. worthwhile i'm the, so yeah. glad we're covering that one i wasn't sure if you i was going to say yeah, I, yeah, it's not Dominion, we've got to cover that one i was about to say we have to cover that one it's not to be new war but we have to cover it well yeah first and then, the ar whatever like saying you know. <laughs> yeah do we have a choice now we can cover chimera which has the other changeling but isn't really a dominion war episode or we can skip that and go to Inter Armour Enim Ceylon Legas, which think, is a Dominion War episode. I think we'll sh- cover Chimera because it show, shows another founder. And it, it does shows show another bit, founder. And it shows a bit of how they've actually. Yeah, they've I done. think. And also, we've been we this thorough then, up to this point. We may as well. Well, we and may also, as well it's, then, it's also and, then two episodes back to back, which are adjacent so like we've got an adjacent episode all the way through for us yeah well we are from this point onwards once we get past chimera we are covering every remaining episode of deep space (laughs) nine deep Deep space uh, nine uh dominion war yeah so uh we'll leave it there for this week if you want to get in touch with us we are at retrekpod on x we are retrekpod at gmail.com people can listen as well as yeah i know but you know it's just um and we are on all the socials including retrek model studios on youtube yeah i had a video come out last night um the third installment of this, the nostalgia yeah. build. Um, and I have a very important video I'm hoping to get out this weekend. I was away last weekend. I had to go stalk somebody in London for part of the the video. So I'm hoping to get that out this weekend. And we may have the final of the nostalgia build as well. Oh, looking forward to it. Um, Dr. Squee, what have we got going on? Well, uh, we're still on hiatus. We're going to be back like uh, by hook or by crook at the beginning of February. But I'm going to do a special uh, little episode tomorrow because um, now the Dr. Squee show is going to go every Thursday at 7 o'clock to create a bit of a kind of regular thing. Uh, tomorrow, I'm just going to talk about uh, our, our trip to see Stranger Things, um, Echo on Disney Plus because I just watched it, and a few other bits. Just a little catch-up episode, just a little touch base with the uh, with the uh, viewers. And yeah, I am getting so many notes from people for interviews, but I'm going to fucking have something pulled out of the bag by what is the first next? Yeah, it's literally the first next Thursday. So yeah, we can sort something out. Awesome. And um, thanks for trekking with us this time. We will see you next time on the retrack. Thank you. Goodbye. And, and uh, if I might, drag off LAP and go cut out! <laughs> <laughs>